This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. Today's episode is sponsored by TeePublic.com. Head to TeePublic.com slash stores slash Animaniacast to visit the Animaniacast merchandise store. And welcome, everybody, to episode 42 of the Animaniacast. Cappy, you were with the Warner Brothers Studio from the very beginning, right? Yeah, I started with Warner's back when all we made were pies. We just started making cartoons when people weren't buying the pies. I was back in 19... Oh, I don't know. But it was back when we made pies. One day, the head guy, Leon something or other, he says to me, he says, Cappy, today I don't want you to make a pie. I want you to make a cartoon. Well, Rudy Ising and Hugh Harmon and Frizz and me and some other guy with a lisp was brought on board. And then we made our first cartoon, which was uh, a Bosco and Honey. Well, we made a few of those. And then I We made pies. Uh, cartoons came later. And speaking of cartoons, let's get this show on the road. And welcome once again to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that's dedicated to the animated television series, The Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all the cultural references and gags that we can find, and in the end, we give each episode a Water Tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me once again is my brother Nathan, Turtle Power! (laughs) And across the country in Georgia is Kelly! Hello! Nathan was very worried just a minute ago that he didn't have a catchphrase. So I don't know. I'm, I'm glad that you pulled out Turtle Power. It's from In Sleep Talks on Twitter. Oh, it's what you say? That's something you said when you were asleep? Yep. His wife has a Twitter <laughs> account, and he t- she tweets things that Nathan says when he is sleeping. And sometimes he has very insightful things to, to talk about. Yeah. And other times <laughs> he's apparently just saying Turtle Power. Yeah. I thought that was one of the insightful things, but okay. <laughs> no, he you you gave me a great tip about Oregon Trail playing the game yeah, Oregon we were Trail. Doing a two people, you could just each person can play two people. Yeah, so then you... we're talking about the board game Oregon Trail, by the way. <laughs> anyway, that was the last time I slept. Talking. If you want, if you want any of those, go once again. What's what's your sleep talking? It's in sleep talks. In sleep talks at in sleep talks. So there you go. There's a plug. Well, today we are going to be talking about an episode that is. Um, well, it's an episode. It's an episode, I'll like say. A whole 20 something minutes yeah, worth of it. That's would say. a good description of it. Uh, what would we, what would, we, uh, the, the segments are Animators Alley, Can't Buy a Thrill, and Hollywood Chuck. Uh, Nathan, in a few words, I guess your description was an episode. It's an episode. Like an entire episode. <laughs> Kelly, uh, do you have any, any few words for this episode? Klaatu, Barada, Nikto. Yay! <laughs> Excellent description. <That's> <laughs> so before we get into today's episode, 
Nathan. Yes. Tell us, when did this episode first premiere? All right, Joey. This episode first premiered on Tuesday, November 16th of 1993, which is, of course, Pete Davidson's birthday. Who's Pete Davidson? Oh, he's from Saturday Night Live? Like, he's a... He's a oh, he's one a, of the people on it right now? Yeah, he's on right now. He, Pete Wait. Davidson, like, Pete, he plays funny people on it. Oh, okay. He's like the funny guy on oh, it. Oh, the funny guy. Okay. Um, if you If you look up a picture, it'll be like, ah, that's Pete Davidson, and you'll be... Quite impressed. So okay, that so he's that young. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> also, oh, yeah. Pete Davidson. He's the he's the uh, the younger younger guy who <laughs> plays kids on. Well, I say kids on Saturday Night Live, but he's yeah. like the youngest cast member. Okay. And uh, Jim Carrey files for divorce with his uh, first wife, oh. uh, Melissa, I think, or something like that. Oh, well, there you go. So <laughs> <laughs> the beginning and the end. It's a birth things. and yeah, an ending. So anyway, so there you go. Very interesting. <laughs> Thank you, Nathan. You are welcome. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get into our first uh, segment, I suppose you could say. It's not really a segment. It's more of little bumpers, really. Yeah. Uh, it's called Animator's Alley. And now, Animator's Alley. Your hosts, the Warner Brothers. And Animator's Alley is kind of just a, a series of you know, short little snippets of an interview with uh, an old animator uh, named Cappy Capernhaus, I believe is how you pronounce his name. Okay. So old Cappy is uh, talking with the Warners and basically is telling them about how in the past uh, at Warner Brothers, they used to make pies. And he goes on and on about pies and goes on and on about all the different uh, cartoon characters that they uh, had in the past. And throughout this entire, you know, long rambling talk that he just keeps droning on and on, the Warners are making weird faces. They're squirting mm -hmm. each other with squirt guns. They are melting on the seat because they're so bored. Yeah. And eventually they just put little uh, dummies up on the on their chairs instead and, and leave. And uh, just the little dummies just nod their heads. And uh, at the very end of the episode, you can hear them inside the, the water tower going to bed. Yeah, saying goodnight to each other. Yeah. And, and Cappy's still in there talking to, uh, to basically himself. Yeah, he just says, pies, we made pies. <laughs> and I think that's how it ends. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there's a... There's a few cultural references, or I guess you could say animation references in this. I mean, he's talking about uh, uh, Freeling. I believe it's like Frizz Freeling, uh, animator. Talks about him for a second. He talks a, a lot about just fictitious uh, cartoon characters. Yeah. Some of them had funny names. But... Yeah. Uh, but one of them was actually real, and I've actually seen some of them, which he mentions uh, Bosco and Honey, uh, which were a set of cartoons that were... This was like, must have been one of the first, if not the first cartoons that Warner Brothers actually produced. I remember watching Bosco and Honey uh, cartoons on Nickelodeon as a kid. They would show old Merry Melodies and Looney Tunes cartoons in the evening. And uh, one of them they would show was uh, Bosco and Honey. Now, the thing with Bosco and Honey is they are uh, very much a product of their time. You look at them today, and Bosco looks very much... And I don't know if this was their original intention, but I'm pretty sure it was. It was uh, some cartoon character in blackface, I believe. Mm. So, not a character that is is talked about 
very often today. And honestly, as a kid, I didn't even know if I, and I still don't know for absolutely sure (laughs) if it is supposed to be a person in blackface, just because the, the characteristics are so, uh, blown out and just over the top that I can't really tell if it's a, uh, even a person that <laughs> hmm. <laughs> makes it, I mean, he has arms and feet and everything and he, but, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's a, pretty sure it's a blackface character, which back in the 1930s, that was like pretty much every other cartoon character would look like that. So, mm-hmm. you know, not, they're kind of swept under the rug today and yeah, usually forget to think about those. <laughs> yes. But what did you guys think about, uh, animators alley? Anything that any particular parts that stood out for you? I thought the drawing was, the animation style was amazing. Uh, I mean, yeah. not amazing. Oh, there you go. Bad. It was bad. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. Yeah, I think it's ironic that uh, Cappy keeps talking about how important uh, lips are to draw. Yeah. And like... yet the freelance animation company that was uh, animating this could not get the lips correct. Really, Well, they did pretty well on Cappy. Yeah, Cappy looked good. I almost feel that that might have been one animator doing the cat, like, because it's a one shot with Cappy. Maybe. And then uh, Yakko, Wacko, and Dot are just, yeah, when Yakko talks, which they don't talk that much in it. Yeah, luckily. <laughs> they just kind of look, again, like squishy faces, and they just look off model. Yeah. We've had this problem every time we see this company, and we're like, oh my gosh, it's like the Miss Flamiel episode was like this, and uh, the uh, Moby or not Moby, I think, was another example of the just the animation taking away from the dialogue which yeah. in this is not that much dialogue so it's not that big so like it's it's throughout the whole episode i like that it's before the the song after the song and then be, between each episode yeah. and then right before the yeah it's kind credits. of bu- yeah it's, you're bumpered with bad animation yeah sort bookmarked of. and <laughs> so know. not the best animation uh, but uh kelly any any moments that stood up for you in these animator alley things i one of them that stood out was his story about Bunyan Boy. <laughs> yes. In 1954, I got a Bunyan, so I figures, what if a Bunyan could talk? That's when I come up with Bunyan Boy. Bunyan Boy lived on a farmer's toe. Uh, I think that was a mistake. Farmers step in things that aren't decent. That was just gross. <laughs> Yeah, and the funny thing was, was the I, I watched it on closed captioning. Uh-huh. Um, my, uh, I watch a lot of stuff on closed captioning because I'm, I'm watching like while I'm on my lunch break and different things like that. So watching on my phone, so it helps me um, try to not to miss stuff. And so uh, it, 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 the name is Bun Ion Boy. Yeah, I saw that too. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. Yeah, I saw that too. I thought it was. I was like, I don't know if that was the initial. Uh, <laughs> In- intention of Bunyan Boy, but okay, Bun Ion Boy works too. <laughs> um, and the one cartoon character that I thought was kind of uh, an interesting, I'd like to see a, a cartoon would be that tapeworm in the in the oh yeah in in what was it a cow or something a British cow and the his name was Sir Poops a lot <laughs> or something. <laughs> so you know, just when you actually stop and. You know, when I stopped paying attention to the bad animation and I was just paying attention to the funny things that Cappy was just kind of rambling on about, mm-hmm. uh, they're, they're not that bad. It's just, you know, uh, eh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's still like not hilarious. It yeah. Was, but it's. It wasn't funny, haha. No. It was funny, 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. So let's go ahead and get to our first major segment of today's episode, and that is Can't Buy a Thrill. And Can't Buy a Thrill was written by Peter Hastings, and it was directed by Michael Gerard and Dave Marshall. And Kelly, what could you tell us? What basically happens in Can't Buy a Thrill? The hip hippos, Flavio and Marita, are sitting around in their penthouse, and they're bored. They've, uh, Marita's been trying to read bestsellers, and uh, Flavio keeps golfing, and he's so bored of golfing, he says, I can golf with my eyes closed, and magically, or basically with the help of uh, Gina Embryo, he, he ends up um, getting a hole-in-one, even while blindfolded. <laughs> and uh, so they decide to go in search of some thrills. And they get a catalog that has adventures and thrills, and each one has like a, a, a rating based on, on how exciting it's supposed to be. So they do a few different things. They go Bungee jumping, which I, I mean, I'm I'm no adventure enthusiast, really. Um, <laughs> so I I don't know, but I I have never seen people bungee jump from a hot air balloon, I, cliffs, yes, and other things high up buildings, but uh, hot air balloon that seems a little crazy to me. <laughs> and then they go and for the running of the bulls. But Marita says, I do not run. And so Fabio <laughs> says that they'll simply stroll. And Gina Embryo is freaking out because she's afraid that, you know, her precious, fragile hippos will be trampled by the bulls. And um, then they decide to go swimming with the great white shark. And I, I really feel like a Jaws moment was, was lost here. Mm -hmm. There could yep. have been some sort of homage I was disappointed, but uh, they they jump into the water, and it, you know it's kind of like when you're in a pool and something heavy goes into the pool and the water all rushes out. All the ocean around their boat goes away, <laughs> and um, uh, then they're they sitting on this rock and say that they're still bored and you know the only thing exciting in their lives are themselves. Yay. <laughs> Yeah, that was kind of a, a the the end right there. Moral I thought was just like, how are we going to wrap this up? Yeah, uh, we're we're great. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I felt like they didn't know how to end it necessarily. Yeah, I feel like well, both cartoons, but yeah. Just... And I totally agree, Kelly. I mean, they. I was when I as soon as I thought I heard, oh, they're going to go see a shark. Like I at least thought that the music would do a little homage to Jaws or mm -hmm. I was really hoping for Gina Embryo to look at them and say, Oh no, they're going to need a bigger boat or something yeah. like that. Like it was, yeah. it would have been so easy. They to... could have had a cameo of like the boat captain on the boat. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he could. Yeah. Well, yeah. So a totally a missed opportunity. Many, yeah. But we were talking or about even the boat could have been named Orca. Oh, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. The boat kind of looked like the orca a little bit. Because it looked like a boat, and so did the orca. <laughs> did, well, the, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, maybe I was grasping at straws. Like, I, I saw it and I thought, oh, maybe like the orca. No, not not really, but whatever. Um, yeah, there was one Spielberg reference, though, that I could find. 
And I was proud of myself because I was the only one we were talking before the show and I was mm-hmm. the only one of the three to to notice it. And that is the I was watching on my phone. <laughs> it's not my <laughs> fault. My uh the the one Spielberg reference that I could really uh point out would be uh the the adventure book that they're all looking yeah. at. Uh, Venture for the rich, the rich, and the R and in, in the word rich is like a Raiders of the Lost mm-hmm. Ark, uh, and it has the same color scheme. Of yeah, so red that's and yellow. That's an Indiana Jones font right there. So I was glad to glad to see that. By the way, Kelly, I just looked up. Uh, you can go on bungee jumps for uh, off hot air balloons. How that's much? Crazy. You, it, it's $99 for a hot air balloon bungee jump from Adventurist Air Voyages in Lewiston, wherever that is. That's a free oh, plug for wow. you guys. Oh, I'm sorry. The, the Groupon is no longer available. Oh, sorry. Never mind. <laughs> but yeah, you could you could look it up. You could go for some places for just 100 bucks. You can go up in a hot air balloon and jump off. Risk your life. Risk your life. You risk, you risk your, your life. life. <laughs> <laughs> a much better episode. No, okay. But the the other... Uh, some of the quick cultural reference things that they had in this one were, uh, well, Kelly already mentioned one right at the beginning, which was the Klaatu Barata Niktu, mm-hmm. which I forget that was uh, in a previous episode too. I forget which one, but I want to say that you. <laughs> I want to say we discussed that before because Klaatu Barata Niktu was, uh, uh, well, those are all names of aliens in uh, Jabba's palace in Return of the Jedi, but mm-hmm. the original uh origin is from the day the earth stood still the old movie uh and then i'm assuming the the remake with keanu reeves later on i'm assuming they probably I, said it too probably i saw the movie i can't literally remember it. just forgot until the second that there even was a remake it was <laughs> that forgettable exactly yeah <laughs> well uh, they can't all be john wick you know yeah, or oh, Bill man, and great. or Bill and Ted, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just going to forget about the Matrix because the the well, two out of the three aren't really that great. Anyway. Yeah, but one is really good. <laughs> One's okay. <laughs> uh, the other uh, quick things they talk about Ernest Hemingway in this because Ernest Hemingway wrote a, a lot about uh, uh, bullfights and and things like okay. that. I thought this was supposed to be dangerous. Everything Hemingway did is overrated. Literary reference right there. Uh, Ernest Hemingway is probably the kind of guy that would jump out of a hot air balloon on a bungee cord. See, I'm not that familiar with him. Uh, other than he, I know he was kind of, a, well, he's other than described as kind of the man's man who, uh, you know, liked adventures and shooting things and drinking a lot. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, but he was... Um... Well, he was in an episode of Young and Nina Jones Chronicles. Okay, yes. I was okay. A... <laughs> um, it, I believe it was, I want to say it was Italy, 1916. Um, he and <laughs> Young Indy are vying for the affections of a woman. And, and uh, Anakin's mother from the prequels is in that episode. Oh, but, um, Pernilla August. Yeah, per- Pernilla August. Yeah, she, yeah. She, she plays an Italian woman in that episode. Huh. And... Uh, but he was an ambulance driver, so he was in the war, and um, uh, he he's also a journalist. I, I want to say that he um, was like a war correspondent as well. Like he wrote on the war and stuff. And um, uh, but yeah, I, I think he just was kind of like this, you know, live live life large kind of kind of person. Um, you know, obviously had a drinking problem and you know, killed himself, but 
Yeah. Wow. Uh, he he, he kind of lived lived a pretty pretty uh, interesting life up until then. Yeah. Cool. Uh, I just watched an episode of Young Indiana Jones recently, and uh, Ian McDermott was in it. Ha! Huh. Uh, the the Emperor. He was in uh, the. That was epi- a, a, the Phantom Train of Doom. Uh, no. Was it? No, it yeah. was the Trenches of Hell or something. It was the one where uh, one where Indy was a was a courier and he goes into this party I think and and he sees him there and I just thought that was cool to see Indiana Jones and Palpatine in the same room <laughs> just weird uh but anyway oh here yeah here's uh, just reading up on Ernest Hemingway you don't have to put any of this in or anything but <laughs> okay. he um he went on safari to Africa where he was almost killed in two successive plane crashes oh wow so um, snakes on a plane <laughs> you know, but I don't. I don't know if he actually was a war correspondent, but he was a journalist. Well, yeah. Well, as you said, he lived large and uh, transitioned back to the large hip hippos again. Huh? Yeah. He always kind of. He's, he's always reminded me of like a Teddy Roosevelt kind of character. Yeah, that's person. what I was thinking too. Kind of like a. Yeah, my grandfather loved Teddy Roosevelt and always kind of like idolized him. So yeah, Ernest Hemingway does kind of remind me of that kind of personality. Well, the the only other uh, quick little reference that I could see to uh, really anything else was they played the opera Carmen, or at least a selection from it, when mm-hmm. uh, Gina Embryo was being chased by the bulls. Uh, and of course, the opera Carmen deals with bullfighting, so it would make sense to play a little bit of that in there. Yeah. And uh, other than that, that's pretty much it for the cultural references. Are, are there any moments, guys, that really stood out as amusing or uh, funny to you guys? In this first one? I thought the bungee jump scene was fairly funny, where they keep smushing uh, Gina. Like, yeah. That one was kind of funny but, how the it didn't always smash her yeah. the first time, like in the outhouse. Mm-hmm. It smashes, and then it smashed her. And then and it then... smashed her. And what a bad place to get smashed, too, by the way, is yeah. in an outhouse. That's, would probably be the worst. <laughs> I think they were trying to think of the terrible place. No. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the bowls kind of looked like the... like. Uh, Looney Tune Bowl, from, yeah, but like Bugs Bunny would have to, yeah, they 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 look reminiscent of that. And the Animaniacs, the Warners, make a cameo. In yeah, along with too. along with Ralph. Uh, Ralph, who does not look like he's colored. No, he's like right? wearing all one same blue color. It's a weird, yeah. He color coordinated himself a little too much that day, and he just looked. <laughs> so there was a little bit off on that, but yeah. yeah. The part I liked was just a very small little part. Well, I I did kind of like when I watched it the second time, uh, the different things that they would call each other, mm. like the yeast yeast free crumb cake or something like that. Or I have an idea, Flavio. Look, thrill seeking adventures for the rich. Mmm, sounds delicious. My small crumbly crumb from a no yeast cake. Um, Kelly, anything that you you know, any moment that you really liked in this uh, Hip Hippos one? Well, I I thought it was kind of interesting how no matter what happened, they had no idea that Gene Embryo was watching them. And right. even at the very end where they're basically sitting on top of her, <laughs> it, they're completely oblivious. They're too wrapped up in themselves and their own adventures. Yeah, yeah. And... and... Maybe just like rhinos or something, because I always heard that rhinos have bad eyesight. So perhaps like the hippos <laughs> have bad eyesight as well. You know, maybe, maybe I don't know. But yeah, yeah. They... But Flavio can <laughs> hit a golf ball with his eyes, you know, covered. <laughs> That's true. Maybe not. He should be able to see a woman like standing 
two feet away from him with giant <laughs> yeah. binoculars. I just want the final Hip Hippos episode just to have them look at each other and just go, can you believe this woman who's been following us around the entire time? <laughs> what yeah, is I think that would be hilarious. <laughs> be great. Uh, See, it's another lost moment, just like the Spielberg exactly. moment. Exactly. With the shark. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get over to our next major cartoon, which is Hollywood Chuck. Now, Hollywood Chuck was written by Paul Rugg, and it was directed by Greg Reyna. And uh, Nathan, mm-hmm. what do you can tell us? What happens in Hollywood Chuck? Oh, oh okay. So, Hollywood Chuck. We have a uh, young Baynard's Woodchuck, but he yes. changes his name to Charlton Woodchuck. <laughs> yes. And he takes off for the glitz of Hollywood, and uh, he figures he's going to be a huge star. So, he gets on the bus... And some people start annoying him. He gets all anyone's name. He writes down in a book. You annoy me, so when I'm a star, I'll know who to <laughs> get mad at or something. Yeah. So uh, he actually g- does well in the audition, surprisingly. He gets the role. He's in Hollywood. Uh, but the movie is just a movie where they're pretty much hurting woodchucks the entire time. <laughs> so he has to play with bears and get attacked by woodpeckers and snakes and then explosive dynamite until he finally quits and goes back home. So I forget the explosive dynamite. I forget that part. I well, he goes into out. a he goes into a a room that says dynamite and. Wow, I, do, I honestly don't even remember that part. I tuned out by the time he explodes and then lands right into the bear, <laughs> and then the bear catches him and then he says, "Can I have your name?" Oh, and okay. then that's how. And then he, at the very end, he goes to his room back in his house and he has a huge <laughs> pile of papers list of names and i'm like i don't know it's always creepy when someone's writing lists of names <laughs> and i'm like i don't know what you're planning to do with those <laughs> yeah i'm hoping he's just gonna write angry letters to all these people <laughs> that's that's the i think that's best case scenario yeah like not like billy madison where exactly. he's writing down people's names and then, <laughs> so to take out later with steve yeah steve out. buscemi is crossing off names off his list so watch out yeah whenever someone has a, a list of names it's kind of <laughs> weird but so we're just gonna write lots of angry letters to all these yes, people that's what we're gonna say and apparently he has huge lips i guess because he keeps getting lips stuck into different things yeah he has a problem with that but there you go it's a, it's a very lip heavy episode <laughs> well there's a there's not really i didn't really see much of any reference to to much other stuff in this i mean there's a few little things like mm-hmm. they they he grows up in wetina wetina kansas i believe and uh wetina is a brand of hot wheat cereal that uh, was around a long time ago there's a quick thing to you're not or was it yeah it was wetina kansas because later on they're leaving kansas and then the sign says you're not in Kansas anymore. Yep. Uh, so you know, Wizard of the o- Wizard of the Oz. Yeah, right? as I like to say. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, let's see. And yeah, really, the whole uh, documentary at the end was similar to a lot of a uh, Walt Disney nature documentaries from the 1950s and 60s. Yeah. Uh, and <clears throat> I think that's what they were kind of going for in this because a lot of times in those. You'd have that, and I forget the narrator's name, but he would be, I don't know, in all these Disney wildlife things back then. And 
uh, he'd always go, oh, there's Mr. Gopher. And, mm-hmm. da, 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 and he wants to be friends with this other thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, usually I'd, I'd watch these, and I remember one as a kid watching it about prairie dogs. And they'd show these in school, too, you know, even though these movies were... 20, 30 years old, but that was mm-hmm. like the only nature documentaries really back in the eighties that you could really watch in school. Uh, so they bring out the projector and you watch these old Walt Disney documentaries on gophers. And I remember seeing like this moment in the, in the film where a snake goes into the prairie dogs den and usually think like, Ooh, okay, that's interesting. But then I realized, wait a minute, they're showing a split you know, uh, like a section of this. So you could see the different levels of the prairie dog's house. Mm -hmm. So that means that this was all staged, meaning the people who were doing this documentary just shoved a snake into the, (laughs) this poor prairie dog's house so they could watch the prairie dog fight off the snake. And so it kind of reminded me of that situation, like putting this poor woodchuck through all these, uh, you know, interactions with animals who were trying to kill him. Yeah, they're like, play with the bear, play with the bear, <laughs> play with the bear. The only other thing that I, I don't know if it was supposed to be a reference to it, but it reminded me of it was uh, the audition sequence reminded me of the producers. Yeah, me too. Well, that's because okay. he says, that's my, that's our woodchuck. Oh, he said, okay. How much, much wood? That's it. Such reality. That's my woodchuck. Just a flower. A flower. What you do to my flower, man? Hurt it. Like everything else. Everything else. A flower. Okay, good. I think Paul uh, Paul Rugg, who wrote this, is I'm pretty sure he's a he's a fan of the producers. I'll I'll ask him why not. I'll I'll send him a message. But, yeah, I, 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 but I'm pretty sure that that is a, a is probably a lift from the producers where they're doing auditions to find out who's going to be the who's going to be playing Hitler in their musical Springtime for Hitler, and they end up auditioning a lot of weirdos mm-hmm. and they hire and they, a, a yeah. hippie. <laughs> exactly so and that's kind of reminiscent because uh the two other people were like good classical actors or yeah, something or and a lot of those people were like, classical actors who were playing hitler like singing and mm-hmm. doing all that stuff so yeah i think that was kind of cool uh slappy makes a cameo yeah she walked by and ralph again was yeah, he walks, yeah he's holding a magazine or newspaper, newspaper but yeah yeah it's like yeah <laughs> i was looking for i thought this one after after the first hip hippos one, I was kind of like, okay, well, whatever. But then I saw this one coming up, and I'm like, oh, Paul Rugg wrote this one. I yeah. like Paul Rugg stuff. And then I saw it, and I was like, well, I like the part where he keeps saying, "There's that bear again." Mm-hmm. Uh oh, there's that bear again. But that's pretty much all I could really think of that I kind of chuckled a little bit at. What do you guys think, Kelly? Any any moments that stuck out for uh, for you in this woodchuck cartoon? I I just thought it was clever the way the the woodchuck you know would get out of one scrape and almost immediately get into something else and they had him going back and forth between this bear and this snake and this tree like a like a pinball 
machine. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> and so I thought that was kind of funny to, to watch. Um, and, you know, he'd, he'd drop down the snake's mouth and he'd spit him out and he'd like boom to the bear and then boom to the <laughs> beehive and boom to the tree. So um, I almost felt bad for him, but I thought he was kind of like an arrogant jerk at the beginning of the cartoon anyway. So mm-hmm. I thought he needed to be taken down a little bit. <laughs> um, but, uh, but I actually kind of felt sorry for him after all that because... That's what they have stunt woodchucks for, and he didn't sign up for that. Right? He wanted to just be an actor. He's not Jackie <laughs> right. Chan. And he didn't <laughs> totally. and he didn't learn his lesson at the end. He was still arrogant at the at the end of the cartoon. Yeah. I know. That was what that was what the worst part was. Wow. Nathan, what about you? I liked when he kept asking for a break. Can we take a break? And just the way he says that is very funny. He <laughs> says right right before he's about to blow up or play with a bear or something, just Sorry, can we? Yeah, I, I I thought it was slightly humorous too how the director would just keep going like no and just keep going, keep going. Yeah, keep going. Like motion this for is him to great. Go on. Just... Yeah. And overall, I mean, I for some reason I do remember when this one started up. I was like, okay, I'm remembering this cartoon, but um, I don't know. I don't. Re- I don't know why I remember it because mm. it is not that memorable for me right now. So, so that was Hollywood Chuck. This way to commercials. Hey, it wasn't my idea. Well, today's show is brought to you by one of our new sponsors. Sponsor? That's right. <laughs> we are sponsored this week by T Public. And uh, I don't know about you guys, but I go to T Public a lot for twice a day at least. Yes. Well, I actually go there for my t shirt needs quite a bit. Mm-hmm. I have. For the Animaniacast, I bought a t-shirt for us yeah. through Tee Public. But I've also gotten a few t-shirts that I get compliments all over whenever I wear one. Uh, it's I have one in particular that's uh, a Ron Burgundy, uh, and he looks like Han Solo. Okay. With Baxter as Chewbacca next to him. And it's Cute. called Ron... No, it's called Han Burgundy. That's what it's called. So I wear that, and people always say, where did you get that shirt? I say, Tee Public... So, and that's we, why they're sponsoring us. exactly because you because, told because I told enough people and they said no, <laughs> no. What so what T Public has done is they they were nice enough to say hey why don't you folks the Animaniacs go ahead and create a store and uh, not only so you can show off your design of the Animaniacs shirt but also any other designs that uh, you think are really applicable to your show. Oh, say Animaniacs designs, or Spielberg um, designs, or Yoda designs, or Star Wars designs, or whatever. So, that's what we did. So, ladies and gentlemen, you can head over to tpublic.com slash stores slash Animaniacast and check out a full selection of all the different Animaniacs shirts that they have. And, uh, you know, you... you it's a win-win situation because not only do you get a cool shirt yeah. that you cannot get on store shelves. You cannot go to Target or Walmart. Yeah, these are these better shirts. than those shirts. They are much better. You're helping out the artist who made the shirt originally, mm-hmm. and you're helping out the Animani cast as well. Which you love. So. Exactly. So it's a win-win-win <laughs> situation. And so what we're going to do today and uh, is go the T-Public Animani cast pick of the shirt of the day of the whatever we're gonna what are we gonna call this thing it's a 
pick-a-thon. A pick-a-thon. <laughs> We're going to talk about a t-shirt and then uh, who, who designed it, what we like about it, and, uh, you know, send you on over there and uh, you can check it out yourself. So, let's start with Kelly. Yes. What, what t-shirt design do you want to show off and uh, talk about uh, today? Well, it's hard. it was hard for me to, to pick one, but what I, I was looking and one just jumped out at me that I was like, I have to have this shirt and I must own it now is um, it's a teacups t-shirt. And so it's based on the mad tea party ride from Walt Disney world and Disneyland. And it says, let's go for a spin. And the font is kind of in that fun font that's on the ride. And it's got a picture of the, uh, the teacup from the, the mad tea party ride. And and that, if you don't know, it's my absolute most favorite ride in the whole world. And I always go and ride it like seven to ten times when I'm at Disney World. And I'm going in three weeks. Woo! Woo! So, <laughs> I love this shirt. And it's available in a lot of colors. And it's designed by Trey Lemons. And I'm I'm about to order it now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, that's one of the really cool things, too, about... Uh... T public that I love is actually that you do get to de- pick your color mm-hmm. shirt as well, uh, and you can get it on other things too. You don't have to get on a shirt; yeah. you can get it on a laptop case or mugs. Like we have a cup, we have Animaniacast mugs that we got through T public, mm-hmm. which uh, look really cool, and they they keep my beverages nice and hot. And you get different styles too of your shirt, you know? Oh yeah, if you want totally lots of options. Yeah. Nathan, what about you? What's your t- what's your pick of the shirt? I chose this lovely shirt here. It's called Puff Maniacs, and it's the Powerpuff Girls mashed up with the Animaniacs, and it's just adorable. Uh, <laughs> I love how uh, cute all the Warners look. Uh, basically, uh, they they're they're just cute. I think boy or girl could wear this, and they'd love it. It's by Italix, and uh, yeah, that's yeah. my shirt for the. Cool. I, yeah, that if you're a Powerpuff Girl a fan and an yeah. Animaniac fan, that would be an awesome design. I am going to go with the design called Freakier Things by Ikazans. Ikazans. And the reason I like this is because it's a Freakazoid shirt, but it's done in the Stranger Things kind of uh, format of font. Mm-hmm. And Freakazoid's hair and eyeballs are kind of sticking out the top of the font. And it's subtle, and it's definitely one of those shirts that if you didn't know any better, uh, people would just pass you by and just that would be about nice. it. But if I wear this shirt, then I'll be like, not only am I going to find people that, A, like Stranger Things like I do, but B, know what Freakazoid is, and we're going to be able to have conversations about them. So that's one of the cool things about these kinds of shirts, too. Is yeah, they're good conversation starters. Totally, totally. So there you go. So once again, check out these designs and more over at tpublic.com slash stores slash Animaniacast. Just check the link in the show notes as well if that's too long for you. Yeah. And uh, thanks. Thank you, T Public. At the very end, there is one more reference to uh, pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's ve- at the very end after the credits, they say, sit, ubu, sit. Sit, ubu, sit. And uh, Nathan, do you remember that in anything? No. Okay, uh, no. Kelly, do you, you must remember sit, ubu, sit, right? Being a 
Yes, good dog. <laughs> there you go. Good. <laughs> yes, that's from that's from uh, um, <laughs> Family Ties. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, no, I'm, 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 my sound cut out again, but yeah, I totally remember that from Family Ties. Yeah, that that uh, hearing it on uh, Family Ties, and I think one or two other sitcoms that I used to watch. But I always loved that as a kid seeing it. Um, I would always say it with the with the guy. On Me the... too. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's go ahead and get, I suppose, to our water tower rating. Woo! <laughs> So, what do you guys think? Out of five water towers, how many water towers would you give today's episode? Kelly, let's start with you. Ooh, this is when it's tough. Um, I, I will give it just a three. I mean, I, I guess it's decent scores. It's about average. Yeah. So, um. Uh, but there weren't really any standouts or anything like super awesome about this episode. But it it was fine. It uh, you know I laughed at a couple of different places, and it uh, overall was enjoyable. So yeah, three. Okay. Well, um, Nathan, what about you? I'm gonna give it two water towers. Two. Just because neither cartoon was like. Really, I, I I don't. I'm fine if I never see either cartoon again. <laughs> and the animation for those uh, middle segments was just that bad. That I was just, but well, I was actually thinking about giving this. I was you Kelly, five. No, Kelly gave it three. <laughs> you gave it two, and I was on my way over here, and I was about to. I was thinking to myself, this might be a one. Yeah, but uh, I'm not. I, I changed my mind in the car right over here, and I'm thinking 1.5. All right, 1.5 water towers because one just seems too low. 1.5 seems pretty low as well. But really, I I don't know. It just I didn't laugh one time. Like, and it didn't really. It didn't really feel like a, an Animaniacs episode. It didn't. With the, when I'm watching the woodshed, and I was like, is this the same episode? Like, it felt long, even though, yeah, it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> But that's why I got, yeah. So I think uh, 2.2, 2.33, I don't know what. (laughs) Come on, Nathan, you're a numbers person. Ah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and get over to our water. Wait. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to do two water towers. (laughs) No, please. That's not what I meant to say. I meant to say, let's get over to our poll results from last week. Woo. Hello again. This is your announcer with this week's Animaniacast poll result. Listeners were asked, who is your favorite good feather? Hashtag Animaniacs. Hashtag Animaniacast poll. 15% said Bobby. 21% said Squit. 30% said Pesto. But, of course, 34% gave it to none other than... The God Pigeon. Well, there you go. Now it's back to the studio with a brand new poll. Okay, so those were our poll results, and uh, what do you guys think? Who is your who's your favorite good feather, and why? Uh, Nathan, we'll start with you. What? Who's I your voted favorite? for the God Pigeon, of course. Why is that? Well, just anytime he talks, it's just very funny, and he always seems to solve the problems of the other ones. So. 
Kelly, what about you? I I like Pesto because he's the one that's always getting mad and saying that's it and <laughs> fighting with people and I I like I guess it was the last one with the good feathers and uh, Bobby called him an optimist and he's like, do I look like somebody who's going to examine your eyes? And he just he mixes up words all the time. I thought that was funny. Uh, I got to go with you, Kelly. I'm saying pesto as well. That is just he's that he's just too quote. He's probably the most quotable of all the the good mm, the god good pigeons, good feathers, whatever I'm trying to the say. God pigeons. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get over to our new poll for this week. And Nathan, since we had a little cartoon about a woodchuck, we have yeah. a cartoon that's about what our cartoons about. We do have cartoons about. <laughs> we have a poll, I should yes. say, about anything the, that's not. Animaniacs. Yes. What are the which of these non traditional Animaniacs episodes is your favorite Animaniacs segment? I guess so. <laughs> we have like the flame. Um, we have wings take heart. That's the one where the flies falling in love with a butterfly, or something like that. Falling in love moth with a and a butterfly. I think. Yeah. There's white gloves where the gloves escape the water tower and go on a little adventure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there was today's episode, uh, Hollywood Chuck. Okay, so there you go. So head on over to twitter.com slash animaniacast or simply search on Twitter for hashtag animaniacast poll to make your voice heard. All right, well, now it's time to get to some listener feedback. Nathan, hit us with a listener feedback song. Listener feedback. It's listener feedback. Yeah, it's listener feedback. Now let's go. I thought the song was over. Before. Yeah, it, okay, kind of. Yeah, kept, kept on. Having, it should have ended. It should have ended before a while it ago. started. Okay. <laughs> well, William uh, joins in once again with some feedback, and this time he's going to talk to us about what his thoughts were on broadcast nuisance. Broadcast nuisance is a big mess to me. Um, the Warners are a little bit crueler here, and Dan Anchorman's treatment in this episode is just way too much. I mean, I understand that this is a little bit early in production one, seeing as how Yakko and Wacko's voice are rough in the Star Tunes animation is a bit choppy, but I really find it hard to sit through this episode. I mean, Anchorman's treatment is a, is a little bit too cruel, and the Warners really don't deserve the, the payment. Because seeing as how they ate his food right in front of him, <laughs> and they don't even deserve the tip. I mean, you ate his food, and you really think you deserve a tip for that? This that's just a big no for me. And the overseas versions that I saw, where it's more uncut, it's just it's a lot more crueler. And him from Inkman getting holding on to wire and getting actually shocked by it, it's just. Ooh, that's just a little too much right there. And even though the overseas version is a, feels more complete than the one we get in the U.S., it's it's still a lot more cruel than, than what we got in the United States. And Raging Bull is is all right. It's not, I mean, it's not terrible by any means. It's just one of the last good fellow shorts that's tolerable. Oh, but wow! And I just didn't enjoy it that much. I I'm going to give this episode a one water tower out of five. Didn't really care for it. I think it's one of the worst of the entire series. But thanks for letting me speak on this. I truly am enjoying the show. 
All right. Thank you, William. And he said Raging Bull. I think he meant Raging Bird, right? I don't think, yeah. he, was, I don't think he was reviewing the Scorsese film right well, there. Well, the Scorsese <laughs> film was probably the worst Goodfellas. <laughs> it really was the worst Goodfellas. <laughs> you don't even see the Goodfellas, I know. Gosh. Did you call that a Goodfellas? No. But yeah, but... <laughs> I have the same complaints about that. Well, so. yeah, yeah. We... Um, yeah, we Nathan was mentioning. Yeah, the 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 treatment that uh, the Warners give Dan Anchorman is a little extreme, yeah. especially considering the fact that they never uh, gave him a sandwich. They never gave him <laughs> the sandwich at the beginning of the thing. So yeah, I think some a few of these episodes end up making the Warners look like they're the bad guys, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, maybe a little bit of retooling or whatever yeah. might all have you helped. need to do is give them a sandwich at the beginning because well and that's the thing the warners <laughs> are always kind of like seem like they're they're too cute to be evil you mm-hmm. know so if they weren't but if they, let's face it if they weren't so cute boy we would say we would think like these are horrible horrible yeah. children if these are just like gremlins or something like <laughs> eating your sandwiches and yeah. asking for tips oh yeah you wouldn't you would not be on the side of the animaniacs right here mm-hmm. it's the warners but if they weren't funny you know <laughs> so we have one more piece of uh listener feedback right here oh. and this comes from eric faulkner and eric writes to us saying uh with some feedback about fair game and our discussion about that uh game show episode that quiz me quick quiz me quick <laughs> I would love it when he's when Rob Paulson says that. But anyway, uh, he mentions, I'm surprised you did not mention the Ducksters cartoon when mentioning the Rock of Gibraltar. And I had no idea what the heck he was talking yeah. about when I said the Ducksters cartoon. So I looked it up. Uh, the Ducksters cartoon is a cartoon from Looney Tunes. Back in, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm going to guess and say the 1940s or something like that. Uh, but Daffy Duck is the uh, game show host and Porky Pig is the contestant. And Daffy Duck is basically putting him through a bunch of uh, challenges and questions. And when uh, Porky doesn't get it right, he he punishes him. It's hmm. kind of like uh, that episode of The Simpsons where they go on a Japanese uh, you know game show yeah. or something and they have to be punished if they don't get it right. Well, that's basically the cartoon right there. Uh, but one of the things that Porky Pig wins is the Rock of Gibraltar. Wow. And they actually drop a giant Rock of Gibraltar on Porky Pig uh, at one point. So, uh, yeah, there you ah. go. <laughs> In my hand, you'll notice I hold two buffers. You must push one. Hurry now. Push one. Quick. God clean, wholesome fun. You're a great sport. A great sport. <laughs> Could I please take my prizes and egg you go home now? Huh? I'm not feeling too well. And for being such a great sport, I'm going to let you push the other button and win a prize. Come on now, don't be bashful. Push! And the gentleman wins the Rock of Gibraltar! So, yeah, definitely a, a strong connection right there that, uh... I was not aware of, but I could. I definitely think that there's a, a, a good connection right there, and it's a very funny cartoon. So you can check it out. It's called The Ducksters, and it's, I believe, based upon that title is based upon the t- uh, movie The Hucksters, which was, uh, I believe, it was a game, a, a movie about game shows uh, back in the 30s or 40s. Probably, I don't I'm gonna guess, but. Yeah. <laughs> 
I mean, it has to be, right? Yeah. So there you go. So thank you very much for that feedback, guys. Well, let's go ahead and get to contact information. So Kelly, where can people go online to reach out to you? Yes, you okay. can find me on Twitter at Yoda Princess, or email me, Kelly, at BigShinyRobot.com. And Nathan, what about you? I'm on Twitter, DjangoFT. That's me. <laughs> and you can find us online at, uh, of course, RetroZap.com slash Animaniacast, where you can see a full listing of our previous shows and show notes. You can also see, find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and you can send us an email, which is Animaniacast at RetroZap.com. And speaking of RetroZap.com, you should head over there for a listing of different articles, videos, and podcasts, all of which you should check out. Because why? Because it's fantastic and awesome. <laughs> Especially if you're nerdy like I am, then you're then you know what you should really do is go to iTunes and subscribe to the RetroZap podcast feed, and that way you can get a. Uh, well, every single RetroZap podcast delivered straight to your device. Ooh. It's pretty cool. Well, with that, I think it's time to wrap up things. So for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. Sit, Ubu, sit. Good dog. (laughs) 